Well, good morning, everybody. You guys enjoying your Sunday morning so far? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Man, this is really awesome. Just think about like this time we get to come together, to gather with one another, encourage one another to grow, and we get to take what we learn here and how we encourage one another out into our week, into our normal life, into the people around us. And uh, this morning, um, I'm excited to be able to continue our series, Alternate Reality. My name is Caleb Bagby. I'm now the creative pastor here at NCC. <clears throat> And uh, which is really exciting. If you weren't here last week, uh, we announced our new student pastor, Pastor Aaron Castellanos, is now the student pastor at New Youth Culture, and um, <clears throat> which I had been doing for the past few years. But God has really been stirring in our hearts this sort of shift in this new season for New Youth Culture, this new season for NCC, in what He had for us. And so it's been exciting, kind of seeing like just this really good season coming coming to New Youth Culture and how. Aaron gets to see this with that ministry, and uh, really, really excited for that. Um, but this morning, we're continuing our series, Alternate Reality. So hopefully you've enjoyed it so far. <clears throat> We've been talking about how, like, what if your reality isn't reality? You're like, what are you even talking about? Well, what if the way that we're living isn't really all that God has intended for us? And sometimes we make up our own rules. Sometimes we decide, like, the, our own way of how we want to live. And God has something more for us. God has something different for us. And so we're talking, kind of wrestling through the balance of those two things, how we've been living our life, but how God has called us to live. And this morning, I want to talk about how eternity is reality. And we're, so when we talk about eternity, which seems like really big, we're talking about how eternity is reality. And I want to, I want to start and just notice like this truth that eternity is real and is reality in our life should affect the way that we live because it is something real. It's something the Bible talks about, something that Jesus addresses, but so often we'll go through our week, go through our day, and we'll never acknowledge that eternity is even real or that heaven is really out there or that hell is a real place. And so, and this is something that like the Lord has been challenging me with so much recently and sort of helping me to see like he has so much more than what I thought there was when it comes to talking about eternity or talking about heaven in my life. And so I want to start by saying that heaven and hell are real. We need to know that and we need to start from that truth that heaven and hell are real. This is a real thing in our life, in our relationship with God, and um, we need to know that, that heaven is a place where we will spend eternity, or spend eternal life with Christ. So heaven is eternity with Christ, and then hell is sort of the opposite, where it's eternity separated from Christ. It's spending eternity without him. And I mean, just think about that. Like we um, have this ability or this opportunity to spend our eternity. You think about eternity is like on and on and on and on. It never ends. We get to spend that with the Lord or there's the other option, spending it without him. And we need to know that we're starting from this truth, that heaven and hell are real and that heaven is this place where we spend eternity with God and hell is a place where we spend it without him. And I want to go to Matthew chapter 25 and talk a little bit about how Jesus addresses this. Because he does talk about it. This is a real thing that we read in the Bible and should affect how we live. In Matthew chapter 25, and starting in verse 31, this is Jesus giving us a picture of the final judgment. And so he's giving us this picture of when we come face to face with the Lord and the Lord God Almighty and how he talks about 
heaven, and he talks about hell in these two different places. And so in verse 31, this is what he says, but the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. Then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, to those that he, he claimed as his sheep, he says, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. And so he goes on to talk about how they served his people, how they loved the Lord, and they were, they were, they were faithful to the calling that God had for their life. But I want you to notice how he says, come you who are blessed by my father. And so he's talking to some people and saying, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Inherit this kingdom that I prepared for you from the beginning. This is what I intended for you. This is good. And so some people get to experience this kingdom prepared for them. And then he says, then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. And so he talks about how they didn't serve his people. They didn't serve the Lord and they weren't being faithful to the calling that God had on their life. And in the end, in this last verse in 46, he says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, those, the goats, those ones on his left. But he says, but the righteous will go into eternal life. And so we look at this, and I want you to realize, God, like Jesus talks about this. He talks about eternity. He talks about eternal life. He talks about eternal punishment. And so this is real. Like this is something that Jesus is talking about, and we need to take note of. And a lot of times, it's just easy. We're like, oh, eternity, heaven, hell. It's a little sketchy. You're a little weird. I'm going to put it over here. And I'm just not going to talk about it. I think I can get through Christianity, get through this life on earth without really messing with it, and then just see what happens. And so it's easy for us to just kind of push it aside and not really let it affect us or talk about it or ever bring it up around someone else because I don't really know what to say. But heaven and hell are real. The, eternity is real and should affect how we live. Jesus talks about it. We need to talk about it. And it should affect our life. And when we talk about this, I, I'm not sharing this like it's Halloween season and we're trying to be scary or anything. This is encouraging stuff. This is good news for us. Jesus has given us an opportunity to live life with him because as humans from the beginning, we do not deserve life with God. Like that is plain and simple because of what we have done in each one of us in the room, we have messed up. We've lived a life that's unfaithful and that is unholy and we deserve separation from him. But because of God sending his son Jesus to the earth, he died for our sins. He made a way for us to live life with him. He presented eternal life to us as a free gift. This is good news. It's encouraging for us. And so eternity shouldn't be something that's scary we push aside. It's encouraging because God has made a way for us to live forever with him. This is good. And this is about as far as I had gone in my own faith thinking about eternity. Like, okay, when I make it to the end of my time on earth, then I get to go to heaven and it's all really good and this is what we've been waiting for. But God has been, been challenging me so much. Like, there's something deeper here. There's something way more available to us. When we talk about eternity, we talk about heaven. Like, he's not just waiting for the one day that we're done on earth to interact with us in this way. Like, God has something for us now. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning, how eternity is important to our lives now. Like, not just sometime in the future, but today, tomorrow, every day of the week. 
Eternity should affect us and is, is powerful, important for us right now. And to talk about it, I want to I have a better understanding of the relationship between heaven and earth. And so I have some pictures I'm going to share. It kind of explain, illustrates a little bit of what I'm talking about. You have heaven on one side and earth on the other. And over these um, next few minutes, you might see them kind of cross paths, and they may be purple, red and, and red and blue, if you didn't know, make purple. And so those together, you'll see that interaction of heaven with earth. And so that will kind of explain kind of what we're talking about. So you have heaven and you have earth. And to talk about this, I want to look at the Bible as like a whole picture. Sometimes we kind of um, dive into specific areas of the Bible and miss the connections and the, the overarching story of the Bible. And so I want to look at it as a whole and see what does the Bible say about this relationship? What does it say about eternity and affecting our life? And so I'll be referencing a few different things in the Bible. I'll share with you um, where that's coming from, where you can look a little bit more, a little bit deeper and more specifically into that area. But we will kind of look at a big picture. And so I want to go from the very beginning and look in Genesis. It's the very first book of the Bible. And in the beginning, it talks about God's creation of the world. And so God creates the earth and the things in the earth, the light and the dark, and says this is good and says that's good. His creation is good in the way he intended it. And that's in the beginning. He creates the garden, the Garden of Eden. And he creates humans to live there that he can interact with. And so from the beginning, you see God's creation in himself, like interacting with one another. They're interconnected. So heaven and earth at this time are like completely overlapping. Heaven and earth are like one together where God is interacting with his people. He's walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. And there's this like direct relationship between humans and God. Everything is good. And then only three chapters later, like we only get three chapters into the whole Bible and we mess stuff up. You read about the fall of man where humans bring sin into the world. And because of this, because now the earth has been corrupted by sin, heaven cannot exist there. Like God, God isn't walking with them anymore. And in this space, now heaven and earth are separated. So in Genesis chapter 3, you read about it, the separation of heaven and earth, where there's not that interconnectedness, this direct relationship, where humans, they can't come directly to the Lord anymore. Because of the sin and the darkness, it can't exist in the same space as heaven and the goodness, the righteousness of God. And then in the Old Testament, you read about something called the temple. And in the temple, there's this space this kind of um, specific space there called the most holy place. And this is where the high priest, so know that there are like priests and then there's the high priest. So there's a specific person who could ever enter this space. But this space, the most holy place, is where God's spirit dwelt on the earth. And so this is where God's presence was like connecting to the earth. And so because of this space where the high priest would go and he'd bring a sacrifice for the people to atone for their sins, there was like a specific time in the year, specific person who could ever enter this space. And that's when heaven and earth would connect. You see this overlap again because of that. But aside from that appropriate time and that specific person, it's still separated because of the sin in the world and the righteousness of heaven. And so they're still separated ultimately, except for those appropriate times. But not anyone can just enter that space between heaven and earth. And you can read a little bit more about that in Hebrews. It talks about kind of the way that the temple worked and how those things interacted. And then it also talks about how 
things changed when Jesus stepped on the scene. And so we see Jesus come into the story. I hope that you know a little bit about him. Um, you read about him in the New Testament, read about his life in the in the the records of the gospel, and Jesus is now embodying this center space, this crossover between heaven and earth. Like, this exists because Jesus is on the earth. He's fully man. He's fully God. He is the meeting place, the place of God's spirit on the earth. And it's interesting, reading in John chapter 2, you see, this is a story where he's talking about how Jesus walks into the temple and people are bartering with one another. They're selling stuff. And he's like, what are you, you talk, turning my father's house into a marketplace? You see him turning over tables. He's getting angry. And so I want to pick up that story in verse 18 in John chapter 2. And it says, but the le- Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. And first of all, I'm like, how do you talk to Jesus like this? Like, they don't know who they're talking to. They're like, oh, give us this miraculous sign. They definitely don't believe who Jesus is. And Jesus goes, okay, okay. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it up. And some of you all might already kind of catch the connection of what he's saying. And they're like, what? It's taken us 46 years to build the temple, and you can rebuild it in three days. So they're getting all smug with Jesus. They're like, what are you even talking about? took us 46 years, and we're really good builders, man. You think three days you could do it on your own? That's crazy. But this is what the scriptures say. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this, and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus has said. And so in the Old Testament, it was the temple where God's spirit dwelt on the earth. But Jesus says himself, I'm the new temple. I'm changing the game. The rules are being altered. The way that we've done things before is not how we're going to do them going forward. I'm the temple. I am now going to be the meeting place, the connection of heaven to the earth. And so, man, this is like revolutionary, transforming the way that humans interact with God. And so instead of a specific person, a specific place, a specific time, Everyone has access because of what Jesus is doing and how he's changing the game. And when you look at Jesus' life, he embodies this middle section where they're crossing over, but Jesus starts to bring heaven into the world. And so Jesus starts to bring healing. He starts to bring truth. He starts to bring light into the darkness. And so the world is now starting to look a little bit more like heaven because of what Jesus is doing. And so this is really important as we look at our role in this because After Jesus had died and was resurrected again, it says the veil was torn. Seeing this door that was now, it was before closing people away from the presence of the Lord is now open to anybody. He said like, how you thought things were supposed to be is not how we're doing it anymore. Everybody can see the Lord. Everyone can talk to God. The Lord God Almighty who could not exist in the same place as sin, he's saying, come to me. You can come to me. And so, Now he has opened that door and he charges his church, charges his people to do as Jesus did before, to bring heaven to the earth because we are now connecting heaven to earth. We are now embodying that meeting place of God's spirit with the world. Whoa, that's crazy. His spirit, God's spirit is inside of us. We are the dwelling place of God on the earth. What? Do you get that? Like, that's insane. 
that the Lord God Almighty said that we are now the meeting place of his spirit and his people. Wow. We are now connecting heaven to earth. And you see this picture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is what the scriptures say. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. First of all, that's encouraging. Like, well, you want to destroy me? God's going to destroy you, buddy. But it says, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Man. Like, you got power in you. Come on. God's spirit is inside of us. We get to carry it into the world. And just like Jesus did, he's not called us to just exist in the center and just talk to God and just be in our prayer closet, just be in our room alone. And like, this is good. I'm with God. Yes. He's just going to the world. You are experiencing heaven now. Share it. That's what Jesus did. He came from heaven and he brought healing. He brought life. He transformed people the way that they thought, the way that they lived. That's our job now. Jesus has charged his people to go do greater things than I did. That's us. That's us. What? Think about this. When we confess our sins to God and we ask him into our heart and we say, I want to believe you, I want to follow you with my life. God's not just giving us an RSVP to heaven. He's not saying like, okay, you're in whenever you make it. Whenever you're done on earth, I'll see you then. He says, awesome. Bam, there's your new life right now. When I ask Jesus into my heart, my life has changed in that moment. Heaven is real now. It's not something for later on. It's for today. And it doesn't stop there because we get to carry it into the world. We get to share it with other people. I know every single one of you in this room, you're thinking of a situation, you're thinking of a person, you're thinking of a relationship that needs heaven. And you think, God, they just need you. They need to experience heaven in your comfort, your life, your freedom, your peace. That's what we get to do. We get to bring heaven into their life and make it real. Because we have been given access to the overlap of heaven and earth. We get to have direct relationship with God. That when we pray, I don't know if you knew this, but when you pray, God hears you. God himself, the creator of the world, speaks to us. He'll speak to you. Because he's given us direct relationship, which is not how things had been done before. And what's really cool is when we look forward, you read through the Bible and you look towards the end, you read about the return of Jesus to the world. And when Jesus comes back, there is now a new redeemed earth, a new connection of heaven and earth, where they're now interconnected, fully overlapped again. 
And you see the connection. In the beginning, it's how it was. And in the end, Jesus is bringing it back. This is how it was intended to be. And it's coming again. That is good news. That's what we look forward to. So many times as, as believers, we get caught up in like, that the hope of our life is just that we would make it to the end. We don't mess up enough, too much and we just make it to heaven and I finally get to see Jesus and once I step into heaven, then like, oh, thank God, like I made it. That's not what it's about because heaven's real now. Man, it's so, it's so amazing and we get to experience this interconnectedness today and we know that it's only going to get better. That we're only going to see heaven more and more connected to earth to be one together again. That's the hope of the world. So this reality should change how we live. should affect our lives. Because we are now called to bring heaven to earth. As his people, as the church. And you're like, well, what does it look like? What? How am I supposed to do that? Well, Jesus was the first embodiment of this connection of heaven and earth, and he brought heaven to the earth. So let's do like Jesus did. So we look at Jesus' life, and we find how we are supposed to behave and interact with people. You read about Jesus in the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus changed the way people saw the world. Jesus brought people together. Jesus healed people. He spoke truth. He comforted people who were hurting. Jesus went out and confronted the sin in the world that he saw. He wasn't just going to stand by and let sin have its way. Jesus went out and he was on the offense. He's like, no, I'm done with this. This is not how you live. He confronted the evil and the sin and the darkness. And when Jesus saw death, he brought life. That's what Jesus did. And now he has called us to go do that. He has asked us that when we see things of earth, we bring things of heaven. Where there are the things of earth, we will bring the things of heaven. Where we see turmoil and darkness, we will bring light. We will bring order. Where there's dysfunction, you see it in your family, in your workplace, in your relationships. We bring unity. We have the power to bring that, to speak it into reality. We don't have to just sit by and watch it happen and watch relationships fall apart and watch our families hate each other. We bring unity in love. Oh my gosh, it's so, this, this responsibility, it's huge. But God has anointed us for this. Where there is brokenness, we bring healing. Where there's misunderstanding and there's conflict, we bring understanding. Where there are lies and manipulation, we bring truth. Speak the things of heaven. Where there is hurt, we bring comfort. And where we see death, we bring life. Because Christ is inside of us. So many times we get all worried and we second guess ourselves because like, oh, I can't do that. Like, oh, that's like, 
supernatural stuff. Christ is inside of us. When you speak things of heaven, you speak things of truth, you speak things of love and goodness of Christ. Spoiler alert, they're more powerful than the things of sin. More powerful than the things of the world. More powerful than the things you're afraid of. They will come to pass in his timing, in his way, but we speak it into reality and you'll see it. Because you speak the things of God and they're more powerful than the things of the world. You read to the end of the Bible, spoiler alert, God wins. Whoa! I don't know if you saw that coming. You're on the winning side. When we speak truth, we speak the things of God, we know it's going to win because the Bible's already told us. We know that they're going to be one together again. So let's make the world look more like heaven today. And he's... That's our calling, and it is encouraging knowing that the power of the Lord goes with us, but it isn't always going to be easy. Because we're called to reflect the life of Christ, to bring heaven into the world, to confront the sin, to bring light to the darkness. There's going to be opposition. Some people may not like us. Some people may not really agree with you. We're called to look like Jesus. And Jesus was the first one to bring light in the darkness he was, ended up being crucified for it. He paid a big price. So we can't just expect it's going to be a lot different for us. But we know that it's worth the cost because no matter what it costs us, we need people to experience heaven. And we know that ultimately we will win. That's encouraging. No matter the cost, we will bring heaven into reality to change the world around us because God has so much more for people than they even realize. We don't have to just sit back and think this world is falling to pieces. My family can't even get along with each other. Bring heaven into reality. Change the game. His spirit is inside of us. Eternity is reality. There is not separate. It's not something later on, but it's today. Heaven is real today. And let's bring it into the world. We are the dwelling place of his spirit. We are how God interacts with his world and his, with his people. So let's connect people back to him and bring heaven into reality. Now, this morning, you might be thinking of specific situations. God may be revealing those in your heart, specific people or relationships, places in your life that need you, that need heaven. That's what we're called to do. God is calling you to go, to bring heaven into those places. And I pray over all of us together that the Lord would Give us this ability, this boldness to step past our fears, to remember the end of the story and walk in confidence and power to see those situations, those relationships changed. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes.
I want to pray for us together, but as I'm praying, pray with me, pray out loud, agree with, for these things, that God is going to do this in your life. Because we don't want to just talk about it this morning, but this like goes beyond today. Heaven's real tomorrow. So let's make it real in our lives in those situations. Jesus, thank you so much, God, for what you're doing inside of us. Lord, the reality of heaven. God, it's so, man, it's such good news that we don't have to wait until one day in the future or just try to get by on earth until we finally get to be with you. Lord, thank you that we get to be with you today. We get to be with you now. And Lord, I pray for every family represented here, every relationship represented here, every situation in workplace. God, that those places, those relationships would be changed because of those in this room. That we would bring heaven to reality. We would bring your power. God, thank you that we get to dwell in this middle space with you, but we get to see people come back to you, Lord. Experience the, the power, the healing, the comfort, the peace of heaven. Lord, you are so good to us. Give us the boldness to step past our fears, the courage, Lord, to step past our hesitations, but to see things change. That we wouldn't be afraid of the cost. But we would just be on mission, Lord, to see this world change, to look more like what you have planned for us. And we thank you, Lord, that in the end we have the victory, that we will see your kingdom come to pass, and we will be fully connected to you again, that you have been so gracious to us. We love you, we love you, we love you. May that be true in our life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.